Let's go. Hello and welcome to another edition of MMA Uncaged. My name is CS Duplessis and with me as always, soldier boy Gareth McClellan and Justin the Terrier Ferrier all the way from... <laughs> yes. <laughs> How's that for an intro? Would you like that? Oh, no. no, I did. It's okay. <laughs> Probably brought to you well, by... I do like flat those dogs, <laughs> not long those dogs. Biggie Smalls and uh, all the yeah. dogs that you have back at your house, Justin. Yeah. Brought to you yeah, by, yeah. of course, gingerfoxcoffee.com, guaranteed to make you as clever as a fox. Thanks, guys, as always, for joining us. Um, and thanks, everyone, who has subscribed to the podcast. We do appreciate it. Um, before we get into the, the UFC this weekend, 262, let's just quickly go back to EFC 85, the Extreme Fighting Championship out of... Uh, Johannesburg in South Africa, where Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan made his commentary debut. Um, Justin, what did you make of his commentary? I mean, you could hear him from uh, the other side of the High Performance Institute. Yeah. Where there were no fans. Obviously, strict COVID yeah. uh, protocols were observed and yeah. well done to the EFC for putting on a great show. But what did you make of his commentary? I was, I was quite close. I was two chairs down from him, so I heard every word. It was it was loud. I heard I was I was uh, across the cage upstairs. I heard every word, and there was nothing on the loudspeaker. So obviously, because you boys were working, I was there covering uh, media. Um, Gareth loud. Uh, we got like we discussed. He's going to work on his microphone skills because he went live, and his microphone was down by his pants. I was like, "Hey, bro." His anyway, technique. So, <laughs> yes, we work on it. Yes. I'm sure there's Sorry. a course you can teach him. Will, so I'll let's actually discuss it. that microphone because you weren't the only person who made that comment about that. That microphone was not even working, to put it uh, oh, to me. Wow. I so actually, that's how loud you were. You echoed I, I was talking loud into Steve Mark so that he could hear me. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's that. Let's call him mic. Simon. Simon. So, yeah. Oh, Steve. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Simon Stevens. Simon okay. Stevens, but yes, uh, you know what it was? Can I tell you? It was. So I've done some very low key commentary stuff. Um, and it's one of the most fun jobs in the world. And uh, you were like a kid on Christmas. So irrelevant of how good or bad you were, you looked like you had the most fun, which is the most important thing. So I just also, before we start, I also want to excuse myself. I know that I normally have a puffy face, but it's, it's extra puffy because I had a wisdom teeth taken out, a wall rust tusk. And there's a golf ball on the side of my face. So, and, and not, I'm not at home. I'm in my at car. Home. So, so you, yeah. you, you're buying the next round of drinks, basically. It's on you. No problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> he's looking. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's live. From, looking chunky. From I'm looking chunky. No. Live I'm live from where I shouldn't be. You still look, definitely where I shouldn't be. You still look beautiful, Justin. You still look beautiful, man. Thank you very much. But um, Gareth looked like he was having fun and he did a good job. You know when and he loves to talk, and it's, it's you know when the stars align and somebody loves their own voice, and you can hear them before you see them. That's my man, Gareth McClellan. You know when a commentator is having fun um, because uh, he leans over the other commentator and he like almost shouts in his ear. <laughs> it was awesome though. Well like done, it's, Gareth. It's well not. Done, it's man. not a Joe Rogan. Oh, it's a genius. Oh! <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I did say there was two things that I said was, one was, who the hell gives Soldier Boy a mic? <laughs> <laughs> was the wrong thing to do, but they did. 
And then I was going to have as much fun as I could because I wasn't sure if they were going to invite me back. So I was going to make sure. Have that. they reinvited? 24 days to go. Have they reinvited you? Oh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Right. But I'm, I'm holding thumbs. I'm okay, holding right. thumbs. I'm holding thumbs. No, it was a, it was, listen, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, so I was envious that. because I was in cage side for the first time in a long time. So like cage side is a very, very, I mean, apart from being in the cage, which you'll understand, but being cage side is a very, very special place where you feel it. Like it's, it's, a, it's that all encompassing, like every uh, sense, like your senses go on fire. Like it's just, the best, one of the best places to be in the world. Yeah, you're in the action, but you're not in the action, if you know what I mean. Like, you, you, you're so you're safe. <laughs> yeah. What was that yeah. like for you're you, safe. Gareth? Because you, like Justin says, you were, you were competing in that hexagon, in that octagon. What did it feel like being the guy calling the fight instead of having his fight called? So it was quite, it was quite, I, w I went through like an array of emotions in uh, being cage side. I bet you unretired about eight times. Every <laughs> fight he unretired. Definitely. <laughs> I, I, I said I wouldn't fight somebody, then I would fight them. Yeah. Then I was like, how big is that guy? Yeah. But I'm still fighting. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I was, it, it, it's, yeah, look, I mean, it was, first of all, it was unbelievable to see EFC back again. It was, it was really an amazing oh, thing. Absolutely. Great card, great fights. Uh, I mean, there was. I don't think that I actually watched a fight and went, "Oh well, uh, you know, this is uh, shouldn't really be here, or it wasn't, you know, it wasn't good enough." The the fights lived up to the reputation. Some were a bit slower than the other, than others, and uh, some had different dynamics. But it was entertaining all round. You know, I was captivated sitting cage side. Um, yeah, then there's obviously that emotion of being competitive and seeing fights and seeing middleweight fights and seeing different dynamics and being like thinking, putting yourself in that scenario and how you would respond to certain guys. Like, I mean, I look at that uh, Diego, it's Diego Bandu. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that guy, that guy, uh, like he, he's a massive human being. He's massive for me. And he's just got this thing about him, this aura about him that is just frightening. But Afterwards, I must say uh, this kind of thought came in a lot. Afterwards, in the beginning, I was. I like, must tell you, I must tell you that I've just read buttoned a very, very, very important person, a very influential person for this podcast. Appreciate my time. I, lo I love you for it. thank you, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah. You Garrett tell him we buy drinks now. Tell him, tell him we should thank you for being. Uh, definitely, we definitely have to buy him drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so, Jesus, I know there, there must have been so many emotions and even for me I was like oh this is crazy but like remember we spoke about the construction of a card a while ago like how, how a good matchmaker is going to set up a submission he's going to set up uh, a well matched points fight uh, he's going to set up a knockout uh, and kind of those things delivered yeah look I mean uh, there, there were some fantastic results and there were some fantastic ends to the fights I mean there were some unbelievable knockouts uh, there was uh, some really good scraps where the guys fought it out and really uh, had to work dig deep. Um, you saw some very technical fights. You saw some fights that were that were dirty. Like I mean, I think I think the thing about MMA is that there's so many different styles to MMA. And there's so so many different ways that guys can actually express themselves, and you saw that in a lot of in a lot of different ways in the fights. I mean, I was I, I look. I mean, I I felt like I was. Starting MMA for the first time, it was my first outing. I was excited. I was nervous. I was nervous for fighters. 
Um, I, I was excited. I felt for the Fox same way. Yeah, I it, felt it, like it, that rawness it, of EFC one. So I sat in the crowd. EFC one yeah. important. It was this rawness, this like unsureness, but the card saved it. And the main card uh, we expected to deliver, but what really delivered was undercard. Like yeah. I can't like looking back, and I know hindsight is twenty twenty. Cole Henning's fight. Wow. Like where on the planet is that man on an undercard? And he just come back from a four-year suspension, and it was a bullshit suspension yeah. because, like, the punishment didn't fit the crime. He got grabbed by Sades uh, on on a pre-workout. And, yes, I know it's wrong, and I know it's on the band list, and you should check everything you put in your body. But it's like he got the maximum, like, the maximum sentence. Obviously, maximum was lifetime. He didn't get that, but he got four years. He gets – four years is the same thing as somebody who sticks testosterone in their butt. Like yeah, yeah. that's the truth. It's like the he, got, he got, he got. I think, I think, and it's because he went there unprepared. He didn't know. He went there yeah. and they just threw the book. But I think it was also at a stage where no one really knew how that whole system worked and what was acceptable. And what it was, was brand doing. new. He yeah, was one yeah. of the sacrificial lambs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is which is sad. I mean, uh, the, the the manner in which that guy performed was unbelievable. It was like watching. It was like watching a UFC level fight yeah. or an international fighter. His composure. Um, he, he never got ahead of himself. Um, he, he could see he was creating a lot of damage. Um, he stuck to the same game plan. He threw the same simple combinations. There wasn't much difference in his combinations. He was um, extremely um, focused in his job. Uh, when he had him hurt and, and he had him running and, uh, 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 on the back foot, yeah. He never over he over he never overcommitted and got himself into trouble. Just that so guy, composed. It was it was yeah, great look, to watch. You, you, that guy was throwing huge right hand bombs. So, and, but also, did you notice that he stayed angry even till after the fight? I was like, <laughs> oh, that man is serious. Like, seriously, we we chatted about. It. He's like, bro, that's. Remember, you said that guy's angry, and I'm like, yeah, but he's a really good guy. Like, uh, I had an interaction with him. I don't know, long ago when he was still debuting. Uh, and he's always been with Conrad. So he's always been with, uh, what do they call themselves? Brothers of... Brothers in Arms. No. Brothers in Arms. Brothers of Destruction was there. So, yeah, the, he's always stayed with them, and Conrad's always been his coach. And Conrad, uh, CRB, is the most vocal and dedicated uh, cornerman on the planet. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. And it was that so loud in that Anos is the only person louder than you, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, guys, so listen, in terms of that the, venue, though, yeah. carry on, Gareth. Yeah, yeah, just in terms of PIA, it's, uh, it's very impressive what they've done as a team and a unit and, and how they're putting out good performances and the guys that are coming out of that camp are, are actually seem very well-structured, very well-prepared. Um, it, it's good. It's good to see that, that MMA hasn't fallen asleep. It hasn't, it, it, people have progressed in the time that we didn't have MMA on this continent, yeah. which is... It, and that club is growing, eh? Is a yeah, phenomenal, is so they've phenomenal. just got the hours media diverses uh, promotion, which is a, a, a new upstart um, amateur promotion. It was in Victoria a month or so ago, and they, they the club is growing like they've got a like they've got good people in there. And there was a guy called Triple H who's fighting on the next card against Ricky Michalis, and Nadek is a man mountain. And I know this because I beat him, I'll claim it, in a grappling contest, but. It was, I'd, I'd never grappled against a judo guy. 
and they were like, don't hand fight. So I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's fine. I was hand fighting. And then he threw me on my head. And he is a monster of a man. <laughs> like, he really, all my 120. You're a pretty big boy yeah. yourself, Justin. <laughs> but that's a, all that's my a 120, my feet were in the sky. <laughs> man is very strong. But I'm saying he's getting good luck. That guy's on a, on a tear at the moment. He, yeah. He's won a lot of fights. <clears throat> he was then signed to Aries. I don't know if he competed or not. Or it fell away from COVID. But anyway, he's back in the he's back in the EFC. And he's fighting a name in Ricky Michelis. So that's going to be a great Triple fight. H. Yeah. Triple H. Watch out for him. Um, um, isn't that uh, Verge, Cameron Zyman, and them at in Pretoria? Versus, yeah. Yeah, versus. Now, what did you make yeah. of, of Zyman's uh, Bully Ustazen fight? Because that looked to be a banger, and Simon took some damage early. <laughs> really? Listen, listen. My, my opinion is uh, he was getting, he, to me, he, he was too sacrificial on the leg. Like, so he sacrificed his chin for the leg kick. And I didn't like that. I thought that was not clever fighting, but I think he acknowledged that that it wasn't the bravest, wasn't the brightest thing to do. But what I what I did see was that he's probably suffering from whiplash. But what I did see was that <laughs> that kid, that and he is still a kid, like he hasn't yeah. got man strength just yet. He's got that work ethic, but he hasn't got that man strength just yet. He is uh, going to be something special because he got beat up for a little bit. Like Billy Oerstazen's hands were better than his, yeah. but. He, and he was all bloodied up and he was able to compose himself and come back. Like that shows that you're in a good camp and that shows that you've got good heart and that shows that you drink as a training partner. And the, and the heart is about the size of your truck, Justin. It's yes, monstrous, no. monstrous heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the versus thing was, was cool. He was yeah. involved and so, uh, and Drick has commentated. Uh, he wasn't as loud as he can. <laughs> hey, what Gareth does have over Drickus is a W. Not many can oh, say that. Oh, right? so it's just... I, I mean, let's I just, put that out there. Don't you let... You've let the cat out the bag, bro. Now we never have to go back. Um, the title fight, Faiz Jacobs and uh, Sylvester Chipfumbu, who we had on uh, the previous edition of MMA Uncaged. Um, it also made for a very interesting fight, but it showed that Chipfumbu had got over that beating that he suffered at the hands of Zulu Boy. And he just sort of evolved, and he, he's a more dangerous, more composed fighter. Yeah, so I, I think Demar Pena and Timber have got something special. Gareth, I'll let you finish this one. You've mentioned, you've touched on it before, uh, but I think that camp has got something special in them. Yeah, look. So from my from my opinion, if I and I look at those guys and I look at their work ethic and I look at what they what they put in, um, they have an intelligent outlook in terms of how they structure themselves. They, they are also, they are also all very old school in the terms of they believe, they believe in, in good hidings in the, in the gym environment. They, they, they spar very hard, um, but they also, they also tailor down a lot in, in a lot of areas and they, and they work hard. Their work ethic is, I, I, like I said about Timber, Timber's a guy who achieved everything that he's done through hard work. There's, there's no one that's outworked him in the welterweight division. He, he, he earned his welterweight title purely from grit, determination, dedication, and never-say-die attitude. And uh, that showed a lot in, 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 in Sylvester, and they've imparted on them. They've got, they've got this kind of this sense of no one will outwork them, uh, no one uh, will outgrit them, no one will out-tough them. Um, they might get into a cage where they believe that somebody's probably more skilled than what they are, but they never – it's not a – 
for them, they don't determine that as a. Um, I don't think that I don't think they'll believe it. They might get beaten on that, yeah. but they will absolutely believe no, that they but, can but, beat anyone through hard work. Yeah, their weakness. They will outground you. They will. They will outwork you inside that cage. They, they, I mean, Demont Penner is his name and is so synonymous for the fact that he outworked everybody. It, it was never a case of. Um, it, he just, every time somebody put the pressure, he just leveled up. He just put the intensity higher. He worked harder. He, if you look at DeMar's performances, they were scrappy in the beginning. They were, oh, uh, he was very difficult to put away. And obviously, as he grew in stature and he got more mature in his fighting ability, he cleaned things up and his skill set became a lot more polished and he became a very difficult human to beat. But his work rate was higher than anybody. Uh, uh, a prime example, um, when he fought, he fought him twice. What's his name? Uh, the guy that fought out of Thailand or out of... Um, uh, the yeah, oh, right yes, Tiger. he lives in New Zealand now. Yes, and now right all Maldives. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He just outworked him. Yeah. It wasn't a skill. There wasn't a difference in terms of skill. The skill set was very, uh, very equal. He just outworked you, you could, you could, You could even say, and I can't, why can't we remember his name? Because he used, to wear, looking, he used yeah. to wear the yellow shorts. I can see him in my brain. And then he yeah. was sponsored yeah. and he lived in the Maldives. Like, but he, like I would say his, his, his striking was probably better than DeMott's. Uh, it's uh, just that it, DeMott's... Irashadi. Irashadi. No. Irash, not Irashadi. Irashadi. Yeah, it is. Saudi Irash or something. Irashadi. I'm telling you. Uh, Ishad. Ishad, yeah, Ishad, Saidi. Ishad who? Saidi. Saeed? Saeed, yeah, that's it, Saeed. Ishad, Saeed. Oh. Come on, guys. <laughs> anyway, he was a, sorry, sorry, Ishad, we apologize. But no, he was like, that guy no, goes mountain, have... like snowboarding and stuff like that. Sorry, bro, like, yeah. might have to edit that out. But he, I believe he was a, but he's retired. Yeah. But he so lost he twice. And he went home to family. But, and the two losses were He's probably, he's probably, Better, a better technical striker than DeMott was, but DeMott wasn't going to believe that it wasn't going to lose. Yeah. Listen, they just got an unbelievable mentality and work ethic. And So, but also, okay, we, we're focusing on we we we're focusing on Sylvester. But how tough were both of them? Like none of them, yeah. wow, none of them gave each other an inch. Like, but, but but what I was trying to say is that belief that Timber has and that belief that uh, Demart have, they are they they enfor well not enforcing it, but they putting it upon their own guys. They are teaching them how to believe in themselves, and that's why these guys are coming out and performing. Imprinting. You yeah. saw those guys at a cage side. They were, they were aggressive. They were loud. When they got into the cage, they were incredibly composed. They knew how to handle the situation. They knew the mentality of a championship rounds. Going into rounds four and five, they knew how to keep them composed and doing the right things. It was a tough fight. I mean, let, let me tell you, he got dropped in the first round and he got rocked badly, yeah. badly. And he composed, they composed him. They got him back into it and he got back into his work. The smart thing about it is they have a phenomenal wrestling base. They have guys there that uh, they have the, the Hurston twins, yeah. um, the twins brothers. Uh, I wrestled with uh, Sloan for most of my career. How, big, are the, how big is that? 
Yeah. What? So they were. <laughs> he was they my secret, but he was my secret weapon, along with him and Chef. They were the guys that made my wrestling as good as what it was. Yeah. He, they are there now. They're doing the same thing with uh, with uh, Timbers crew and uh, Demarch crew. You saw that. Uh, uh, Sylvester's wrestling was phenomenal. It was beautiful at stages. He had he turned the corner great on uh, um, Faiz threw some so hard hips into a lot of defenses. He turned the corner when he got on top. He controlled well. Uh, it was a, f- a phenomenal performance, and you could see you could see the frustration in Faiz's face growing. In that he just didn't have an answer. He, yeah. he didn't. He couldn't combat what was happening at that stage. Uh, yeah, it also, you, you talk about the, the hiding that he took and to come back and still and still be that dominant is a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. Yeah, it's very interesting for the bantamweight division. But before we wrap up EFC, let's quickly touch on um, Martin von Staden and Boyd Allen's return, starting with Martin against Petey Coxon. Uh, everyone uh, expected him to, to submit him <laughs> and he did it, even though a lot of people wanted to see a stand-up war there. I didn't think that at all. I, I thought he was going to go for the knockout. I thought that was one of those matches that were lined up for a knockout. I think uh, Martin was pretty merciful there. Uh, think I so? think he could have done a lot more. Yeah, I thought the game plan would always be to submit him, though, because, you know, with all due respect to people, yeah, Martin, take him listen, down to maturity. Maturity. He showed maturity. He's, gro- he, he's yeah. grown up like Martin. Martin, historically, would be like, Cool, I believe in your game plan, coach. And then he'll, as he walks into the cage, you'll be like, don't worry about the game plan. I'm going to knock his head off. <laughs> so, like, for him to actually do that and show, because Martin's a great grappler. Yeah. Um, he just loves to, he, he loves to hunt the knockout. And it's kind of, it was his downfall against the Irish oak who broke his knee. What was his name? Hercules. Uh, Henry, oh, Felipe. Henry Felipe. Yeah. Hercu- yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry Felipe. Yeah. That was his downfall there because he kept on hunting it taken down and then he got his knee ripped apart so there is a, there is a growth thing but yeah there was definitely a merciful thing because he could have he could have done a lot more damage from the back yeah. he had he had full control he could have done whatever he wanted to yeah but Look, also yeah. then it, it's nice to get a win in one minute and 30 seconds you know on your in and out right. and, yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. i also think they're at the stage now in terms of themselves and their careers that they need to be they need to be fighting on a big international card, uh, whether it's a big tour, whether it's a one FC one FC, whether it's a UFC, whatever the case is. They've just progressed that far in their career and it just it shows in the levels in both of their performances. I mean, I was very concerned in Boyd, well, how was he gonna respond coming back from boxing back into MMA? Would he be able to transition back? Would he be able to put the combinations together? Would he be able to uh, avoid the takedowns and the shots and it and you just you saw a clear difference between them and their opponents. It was. I was worried about Boyd. Uh, I expected Boyd to win. Uh, I was concerned because Bruno's got mad takedown defense, especially against a cage. Like he shows that. Uh, and I was worried that Bruno wouldn't engage him and force Boyd to stand. Uh, and Bruno does hit hard, although Boyd's a better boxer. Uh, I didn't think that he could, I didn't think he was going to knock him out. Um, no, but he didn't. No, he put him in the school. No, he put in the school. But Boyd, and I say this with all the respect, like I don't, I don't see the one shot knockout power in him. I see him carving up people. I see this. I see beautiful technique. I see textbook stuff, lovely to watch. 
I just don't see that one bam good night from him. I so never much, have. Does that does that put you under pressure as a fighter, it, Gareth? When someone it, says like so what they've the just Justin's has said. So the thing is, Boyd does have power to knock guys out. I mean, I, like I said, you I sparred with Boyd many, many occasions. He's a featherweight. He, he probably walks around in the 70s, close to the 70s, 75 kilos, whatever the case is. And he hits very, very hard. He, it, the thing about Boyd is because of his technique, he doesn't plant a lot. He doesn't get comfortable to, 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 to step into his punches and lean into his punches and drive through them. Boyd doesn't Boyd, overcommit. Yeah, he stings you on the punch. And, and, and from range, listen, too. He still has that ability and that timing. He has that ability to use the timing to knock out guys. If he wants to st to stand... I mean, you look at you look at a guy... Uh, uh, you saw him against uh, Wesley uh, Hawkey when he fought Wesley Hawkey. He dropped him two or three times. Wesley's no no slouch. Wesley's got an incredible chin. He's, he's tough. Yeah. He, he has he does hurt guys. I mean, and he has shown that he can. So let's let's show that he let's just, say that he can, but he doesn't. He doesn't it. show it. Yeah, he's not driven yeah. by it. It's not his thing. He's not. Okay. Uh, Boyd will uh, Boyd will outpoint you all day, every day of the week. That's just the that's his game. Cardio is ridiculous. Where, he stays that's out where of he's range. Successful and yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to. You know, he knows that he'll beat you to the punch every time. He's it makes his defense better and avoidance are much better. So. Yeah, look, I, I don't ever think you're going to see a boy trying to knock guys out. It's not. If it happens, he's happy. If, yeah. if, if you know, if if not, he's gonna he's gonna hurt you. The thing about Boyd is that constant touch, getting getting that those punches landing all the time. They eventually start to hurt. And they, he, yeah. he he creates a no, lot. There's of no question. And he also changes levels so nicely. So it's the body shot goes to the head, moves out of range, yeah. boom, body shot mixes up beautifully. But it is interesting. Uh, it will be it, it will be a shame if if either Martin van Staden or Boyd Allen don't get the opportunity to shake their, their skills on a bigger stage. It's it's just a matter of time now. Yeah, um, look, I think it's just a tough zone at the moment for everybody with uh, with COVID and not being yeah. able to travel. And you know they're trying to put on for they're trying to bring fighters to to the to the to 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 Bellator and those kind of places. And you're seeing that that can move and can travel. So um, it's sad because. A lot of guys can lose their opportunities because of it. All right, guys. Next. But I, you you asked earlier. Sorry, one yeah. last thing. Yes, you yeah. asked. Yeah. You, you touched earlier on the what you thought of what we thought of the, the performance institute. I think it's a great venue, um, yeah. especially given the conditions. Like, um, unless I mean, casinos are not even going to give you money to be there at the moment because of numbers. But in terms of a, a safe, intimate venue, I think it worked perfectly. It's a perfect venue for them to, to do what they yeah. need to do at this stage, especially not having crowds and stuff like that. They can control the environment. They can control the, the, the movement in and out. Um, it, it is very quiet. It is uh, out of the uh, kind of out of the view. Uh, I think they, they've got something unbelievable to work on and build over the next year for themselves. And then, yeah, I mean, put, keep putting on good cards and good fights yeah. because there's a lot of guys out there that want to fight. There's a lot of guys that are desperate. They're hungry to fight. Yeah, I think that I think EFC is re in a really good position right now to uh, to reignite MMA and uh, you know have a, a really successful run at it. Yeah. Next event. Did you see? Yeah. Did you see uh, a little bit of concern? Um, they've switched off combat sport, uh, not combat, contact, contact sports, contacted schools. Yeah. And that's a big concern. Because uh, the Minister of Sport, if he's switching off 
very viable contact sports, rugby, etc., in the middle of rugby season. Uh, the Warriors is is MMA, jiu-jitsu, judo, all the combat sports, karate, yeah, etc. Are they works, on yeah. the list? Are they are they on the list next? And that's a big concern because. Yeah, Sherbert. I mean, they it's not even no spectators anymore. They they've literally stopped the yeah. competing of sports. Like you're not allowed to you're not allowed to compete against each other. That was today. Yeah, it's dominating yeah, a lot of the headlines look, I, here in South my Africa. My kids is my kids still playing soccer, so he's still in the mix. Uh but the media release was today this afternoon. Yeah, yeah so but it was, that's only for, only for school school. It's only for school. Uh it hasn't stopped outside clubs and they're uh, playing soccer and rugby yet so it's kind of a great I, I hope not. yeah kind yeah. of a great area yeah well hopefully it doesn't impact the next efc events efc 86 on the 12th of june at the high performance institute that's cabeza exon elunga uh, kanyeba so that's going down there we'll be there uh, gareth will probably be on commentary we'll have to wait and see if he's on yeah boy <laughs> all right um moving right uh, along guys uh, gents let's turn our attention to ufc 262 uh, that just happened this weekend uh, and let's start with uh, the lightweight bout tony ferguson against benel darush now there was an interesting comment that i think dc Cormier said that tony ferguson no it wasn't dc it was um it was a, an analyst who said that Tony Ferguson has not had the fundamentals that other fighters have had throughout his career. And because he's got such a, a, a different style and he's sort of adaptive style that it's now catching up with him. Is that a fair comment? Because at the end of the day, he's 0-3 oh. now and Darush just looked to control. Uh, uh, so uh, does, does he mean, hang on, I just want to understand that. Does that analyst mean that because he didn't have a martial arts or wrestling or jiu-jitsu yes. or karate or yes. kickboxing background and the stats obviously the he's obviously got he, he's proving it by the o and three but i don't think so i think we're entering a generation of people that are benefiting from the fact that they don't come from a from from a traditional background i think it's i think he's one i'd like to be nice to see google a stat and see how yeah. many people are are purely mma guys yeah. and don't have any other sort of martial arts before. So I, I'd be interested uh, like, to follow up on that. So look, I mean, this is my opinion. He was very uncomfortable in there. He wasn't switched on. He was off the pace. He uh, he just didn't have that same aura that he's always had before. You must remember, this was the guy they called Al Kukui. This was the guy that was meant to beat... Uh, the this man. was the guy. This was the guy that was just... He, he he was no, but is that not just for the is that not just for the time? But it's the stigma. It's I don't think it's a it's 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 not for the time. I think it's just there's a stigma around a guy. I mean, uh, he's got he had this thing and it was an uncertainty and it created this kind of like yeah I'm fighting this crazy man who is so unpredictable that does cartwheels and all this crazy stuff that really I think guys didn't combat him the way that he uh, that he that they should. You saw once Charles Oliveira dismantled him, he he wasn't wasn't much thing. Yeah. You know, he fought so he fought uh um once he fought uh he did fight Oliveira though. Oliveira yeah it's, it's the second him. time so he, what 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 was this fought, before before the O N three before yeah. Justin Gaethje. Oh, but that, there was there was a stat that nobody recovers after Justin Gaethje. I read that there was something. Yeah, but the list of fighters who don't recover. 
the after the hiding is, from Justin Gaethje. The, the thing is, he became, he got normalized. He lost. Yeah, but that doesn't got nothing to... Let me try and turn a light on you. I didn't pay the bill yeah. There we go. <laughs> Load shedding. Um, yeah, I'll make it work. There's got to be some feature in there. It's very romantic. There we though. go. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm alone. <laughs> okay, so what is so what was his what was his so he's 0-3 in the last three, we understand yeah. that. Before that, what what is his overall record and what was his tear before? Yeah, Hello. You, so okay. So that's father time, brother, and that's mileage. You can't tell me that because the oak uh, didn't do Kumite. He fought a guy that just didn't he didn't respect him and just and just and mauled him. And yeah. just Whoever the was, analyst is, he's, he's wrong. Yeah. Bro, father time, yeah. he got beat. Okay, so let's say he got beat by a better the guy. Hardest, do you it's really the, it's but the do hardest. you really think that a traditional martial art would yeah. have given him an edge? I I don't believe it would have, especially because he was on a 12 fight tear before he lost. Is he not but, referring uh, to other, like you know, certain aspects of maybe his, his takedown defense. Is, no, or... Listen, Tony Ferguson's jiu-jitsu is, is phenomenal. He's, uh, although it didn't, it didn't show that in the last, in the last fight, but he has unbelievable jiu-jitsu and he has the, a really, really unbelievable boxing. It's, it's un, unorthodox, but it's really, really good. You've you got to remember that the psychology around winning is and losing is, is massive in the MMA. And, you see a lot of guys go uh, get one loss, then it's two losses, then it's three, and then all of a sudden it's three or four. I mean, I experienced it. I was, I, I, I was in, in in my mind. I was untouchable at one stage. I was, I was willing to take on and fight anybody in the world. And one sneaks in, and then it's another one. And it just, it's it's not a it's not a skill thing. It does, your skills don't become a problem anymore. It's not it's not a case of like, it's, it's not that I can't fight. You're just your mentality changes, and then you're trying to change things. And oh, maybe this is what made me successful. No, this is what made me. The, the, and then you're trying all these things. And okay, G, can I ask you this? So when when you lost to Brendan Lazar, you were taken into the school initially, and it looked very much to me. And please correct me if I'm wrong. It looked very much to me that you went back to a a, a more karate based stance, kick heavy lower hands and i think maybe the lower hands is what did you in so there's the argument and the that's my basis for your hands not being up and you getting clipped because so, if your hands were up maybe you would have parried the punch so so the thing is uh, um yes and no i think uh, the lower hands yes, were, make a good point eh? for a fat hands, boy that's never no the low hands was a thing we both from, yeah. from 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 this is my opinion of of the fight and this is what happened well this is the way that i see it and what in, in my mentality at the stage is that and no disrespect to brendan it, it just it started to become too easy for me and i got complacent and i, 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 I can believe a part of that I in that round I, yeah, didn't I, respect, can. I didn't respect i started to lose the respect of the power and the ability that brendan could still knock me out i you know what i mean well, he did. but he, you seem to have that slight like millisecond edge on him. Yeah. You seem to be, he seemed to be, you probably were seeing him like, people talk about, like you would ask, see my opponent in slow motion. You were probably seeing him in slow mo, apart from the one shot. I was lazy. And you were just, I was lazy. And I, I, I so, it, so did it have nothing to do with, with the uh, well, karate yeah, lower I mean, the, hands, the hands were lower. Yeah, listen, I mean, but not, not necessarily because 
my my training camp wasn't it wasn't karate based. It wasn't I didn't it was a portion of it was, and it was to utilize karate at different stages to explode and move in. But yeah, a lot of the the my, my I'd done a lot of boxing, a lot of different styles, and and it, it encompassed it into a specific fight style. I got lazy on my fighting and my fighting IQ because I was tagging this guy. I was tagging him and I was, there was no, I didn't, yeah. I took one punch. You were too comfortable. There no, was one punch you didn't get beat. Yeah. It's like yeah. that Frankie Edgar knee. Like you can't judge a man by that. He got caught. Like if you come and hit me with a baseball bat, I'm going to be unconscious. Yeah. Got nothing to do with my defense. I just no. got it. That's it. Just, just, yeah. And look, I didn't pick up the punch that he threw because it was obviously in a very unorthodox. It was a front, front hand bowler on the jab hand. So it's not something that you really prepare for. So your reaction time is not switched on to that. Yeah. But again, it was a lazy jab. It was a flick jab because I wanted him to commit and I was trying to crack him. I didn't read his movement. I didn't read the way that he dropped his head and he turned off the punch. So a lot of things. I mean, yeah. and it was because, not because of, of, of the style that I'd implemented in me, it was just at that particular moment, I'd kind of switched off. Uh, switched on me wouldn't have, first of all, my hands wouldn't have, uh, I mean, would have yeah. probably been a lot higher. I wouldn't have taken such a risk. But because I was tagging him and it was becoming so comfortable and easy, I took a much bigger risk than what I normally would do. Yeah. And I ended up get paying the price for it. And that's what happens in this game. That's the MMA. mentality. It's, it's yeah it's not it's not in your skill set it's in your mind yeah it's 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 how you see things and how not you to a fair degree the, the mind is a big thing but you, you do have to have a set yeah. a set of skill but no, a, 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 a skill set but I, for me it's like i'm of the school of thought that i'm happy with there being a generation of mma people yeah like yeah. i didn't do anything like i only started learning jiu-jitsu after i'd learned some mma like and i'm okay with it like i i think it's case by case yeah i mean there's some guys bro. like I, I have to jump in here i really want to apologize that i'm having to leave the quick, podcast at this quickly time, quickly quickly I, before you go i know you've got to go uh quickly and then we wrap uh, justin's been talking far too much this podcast um and oh and other one had to talk too much otherwise it's Quick, quickly before you go, Gareth, and then we can wrap the podcast. Charles Oliveira, uh, Michael Chandler. Out of the swords. It was incredible because Chandler was dominating round one, and then I don't think so. I think everybody's think so? seen that. I think everybody's seen that very, very wrong. I think uh, uh, if you go back and you watch the fight again, in the beginning there was a there was a there was a trade off. He had a bit of power. He does have power in his hands. He caught Charles a little bit, a little bit iffy. Da 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 da. But he saw that he wasn't winning the exchange. Beautiful drop into the double leg. Got onto, into control. Uh, Chandler uh, attacked the guillotine. Didn't have that. Uh, the Oliveira was on him, on his back. Um, a lot of control for a large period of the time. Chandler did amazingly to get up, uh, to, to, to reverse uh, and spin in the back control, which most people don't do. Um, got back up. He clipped him. He went down. Uh, when he had him backed against the cage, he clipped him. He was rocked. He, don't, I'm not saying that he wasn't, but he still shot. When you see him on the floor, the guy wasn't, he wasn't, he, he wasn't lost and getting tagged. He was ducking his head and moving side to side to try and avoid the punches. Chandler got on top of him. For a guy that has this devastating ground and pound, he ate everything that he threw at him in round one. When you saw when he got up, when he stood up, that's when you tell. When he stood up, Deep breath. Yeah. 
Absorbed it all in, took it all in. Okay, great. Went to his corner, got his his corner, gave him his instructions, and he came out and he murked him. He, that guy, let me tell you something. I watched him for a long time. He's not at the top of the list for the, the best submission, the most submissions in UFC history for no reason. That guy's ground game is out of this world. I don't it's, think he'll stay champion. I, I don't, I don't, think, there's I don't think the only the only person that can dethrone him is is uh, is, is Kibbe. There's no one that'll beat him. He's too long. He's too tall. His striking is unbelievable. He has power. He's he's not afraid to stand in front of a guy because of his jiu-jitsu game. He knows how good he is on the floor. No one wants to take a chance with him on the floor because they're not sure whether they can peaked. beat. I think he's peaked, and I think he'll be one and done. We'll see. It will be very interesting, but surely you we should all, have a you two. All, you surely all, we should have a rematch. All, you all, you all doubted me. No, there's no rematch. I'm sorry. You're done. There's no rematch. No. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve a rematch. I'll, I'll agree. So Chandler must go fight somebody else and earn the rematch. Yeah, really so got it. Oliveira is still so champion. Dana White he really, privilege, eh? Dana he already got pushed. He already got pushed. He got forced into the thing we and he lost. Second round. I thought about this. I thought about this. Is this not double jeopardy? Is this not Dana White giving the biggest toffee to Bellator by saying, cool, we take your best, he gets smoked. Because he always always chirps Bellator by taking the scraps. And now they took took Bellator's best. All right. Thanks very much, as always. Thanks, boys. Hey, hey, fantastic to chat to you guys again. Always lovely. Always lovely. Thanks for your time. Turn on the light, bye. Board, please. Bye. Slow <laughs> shorting. Um, so, just, yeah, just to I, wrap up. I think, is, could, it, could it not be the biggest toffee ever? Because they know it's a win win situation. Yeah. It's like fight promoters. They are they're like bookmakers. They don't care who wins and they don't care if the favorite wins. They don't care if the favorite loses. They're getting paid each way. They know what? If, if, if um, Chanda won, he made the best pick of his life. Uh, plucking somebody, plucking somebody from uh, from another organization. But now that he's lost, he's going to say, "Look how, look how less of a uh, look at the look at the levels of quality that come out of your Bellator compared to my UFC." Yeah. So win-win situation. There's yeah. argument for both. Definitely, and and that is exactly the feeling I got uh, after that. I was like, "Whoa!" You know, if Chandra had won, that would have been okay. Cool. Bellator UFC. I made Bellator the right UFC, pick. Yeah, hundred percent. Dana plucked him himself. Then yeah. he did the right thing. Hundred percent. But and then he if, loses now that he's nothing. lost, yeah. Dana was like, "Well, yeah. I took your best, and they couldn't handle it, so yeah, pop exactly. down, Scott. Wow. You never know, bro. Like know. nobody knows. Like <laughs> it's a, it could be a power play, and even if he didn't think of it, he can market it as a power play. Definitely, it's definitely played in Dana White's favor. Justin, thanks for your time. Uh, I know you also got to get going. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for watching MMA Uncaged. Um, like and subscribe. Thanks to all our subscribers. And once again, a big shout out to all our health workers putting their bodies on the line during this pandemic. We salute you and thank you for everything. That's yeah, been be MMA safe, Uncaged. everybody. Please do. That's been MMA Uncaged. We'll see you again next time. Huh. Huh. Welcome to Forever, man. Let's go. Right here forever, forever. Go, go. And there will be no 
Now allow me to reintroduce myself They call me J-O-A to the easy e huh. Know that we undefeated Y'all are beneath them speeds Just trying to air a grievance But his lines are overhead Better check the air for clearance Call the tower, this is